Hello, welcome to the Stuff of Stories podcast. I am Sarah Jane Rose and I'm here with Ian Pringle. And I'm Ian Pringle and I am here with Sarah Jane Rose. And we're saying it like that because unlike usual, where we're normally recording studio to studio, although it may sound like we're in the same space, we are actually in the same space today, which is very exciting. We're in my garden, in a lovely suburban garden. You can hear the background noises, you can probably hear the school in the distance and maybe some birds, although they're a bit quieter now. The birds have gone a bit quiet. There's always those, it's funny, as soon as you listen to things through a microphone, you pick up more noises than you thought were there and you will hear some aeroplanes and things like that. But hopefully you can hear Sarah and I really loudly and clearly. Um, Sarah has just done an interview and you say, Sarah, that you did it in Coventry, but I've listened to it and I've got a suspicion you might have been nearer the coast. Maybe you'd pop down to Devon for a bit of a weekend retreat or something like that? I definitely didn't. I was in, although, um, as you say, there are bizarrely quite a lot of seagulls in the centre of Coventry, so it sounds like I'm in Torquay or somewhere. I'm not, honestly. It's the centre of Coventry where we went to, which is just 10 minutes from me, and currently you have the Coventry City of Culture stuff going on, and there's loads of stuff going on. They've got this wonderful festival park, which is this huge area. There's multiple theatre stages, there's a big top, and actually I was there because it, later in... I was there to interview Laura, but... It, I timed it because we were going to see Cirque de Columbia or Cirque Columbia that afternoon, uh, which was on, which was amazing. So if you get a chance to see those, then go and see it. It's absolutely phenomenal. There's lots of stuff going on. I have to say, I've um, completely forgotten about the City of Culture bid stuff and things like that. And is it... Is it this year then? So it's now, it's this, going on it's right now, now for, for the next sort of few months. Like um, Cirque Columbia is there till October. Uh, there's stuff going on at the Memorial Park. There's all sorts of talks and just, there's loads and loads of things going on. It's, and it's really, you know, it is good. I, I do think, and I don't know if they've done this on purpose because of things that are going on, there doesn't seem to have been a huge hoo-ha around it. Mm. Um, and uh, that being said, tickets for things do seem to sell quite quickly. Um, but I think they're sort of keeping a lid on it because they don't want huge crowds, potentially. Or, you know, because I found if you go to, to find out what's going on, the best way to do it is to go to the Coventry City of Culture website and that's where you'll find stuff. I, th- I found if I was just Googling what was going on, you couldn't really, it was very difficult to get through all the noise and find out what was actually going on. Right, um, okay. But yeah, there's loads of stuff. And uh, if, you, if there's ever a time to visit Coventry, it's now. We spend quite a lot of time, this is, this is a uh, public service and a <laughs> broadcast for Coventry. Um, but Why not? It's, but it's so good now. And I think people, the misconception that, that Coventry is this sort of drab place, you know, it's, it's the, the work that they've done there, we quite often just go with the kids and just run around there's fountains, the cathedral's wonderful, but all the all those spaces have been done really well. Okay, so so you were there to interview uh, this wonderful woman, yeah. Laura. Yeah. Um, and Laura Nayuhe, who um, I worked with on uh, last no last year um, for Kenilworth Arts Festival, where we were creating. It was all online last year, so we were creating what we called a creative exchange, and it was a series of films that we made that were a variety of things from making little puppets to um, to drawing to telling stories and, 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 and creating poetry and that kind of stuff and Laura did a film about uh, how and, and why she tells her stories in the way that she does and, and we talked about that more specifically today she's a very inspiring and actually something I mentioned that I didn't mention in the interview I forgot um, she is 
referred to in regards to the City of Culture as one of the 14 Lady Godivers of the Coventry City of Culture, which I think is just brilliant. And they've selected 14 women who kind of stand up for change and making a difference and that kind of thing. So if you don't know the story of Lady Godiva, she rode on horseback naked through the centre. Not that this is what they're doing this this month, but uh, Lady so Godiva don't, rode... Don't go, don't go looking for <laughs> naked ladies on horses. You might find something on the internet, but don't, don't but, go searching for But not for in that. Coventry no. this week. No. Um, but yes, yeah, so Lady Godiva, the, the, the story goes, rode naked in, on horseback through Coventry um, to rebel against what her husband was doing against all the, all the poor people. So she was kind of standing up for. So there's these 14 women. So, so her, her disrobing was, was part of her throwing away protest, her, uh, yeah. her wealth, finery. I suppose, yes, her yeah. finery and, and go, getting down to standing basics. Standing up for the people, yeah. yeah. Well, I so, didn't know that about Lady Godiva. There you go, see? There's a story in everything. There's something to be learned from everything. There is, there is indeed. Um, so yeah, so let's have a listen to my chat with Laura and then we'll come back to us. Cool. I'm here today in the centre of Coventry at the hub of Coventry City of Culture 2021. So I'm here at the Festival Park and the reason I'm here is to speak to Laura Nahuye, who is a wordsmith um, and an activist, I say that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Advocate. <laughs> Advocate. Yes, that's a good word. Um, and uh, and she's very much a part of Coventry, but she's and very heavily involved in, in Coventry City of Culture. But first of all, Laura, hello. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? <laughs> it's always a scary question. Yeah, it's like well, a deep that? question. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my name is Laura, and I am a mom of two girls. I am originally from Zimbabwe. I am a storyteller, very passionate about humans. Um, so my creativity as an artist and is just, I would say, like a mom and everyday human being I'm I love us as humans how when we connect we can bring so much joy and happiness in the world um, I mean artist who uses storytelling to challenge perceptions, especially around migration, around um, the values that women bring into communities and the challenges that um, migrant communities face and also advocating and trying to raise, um, I'll say trying to, yeah, raise platforms because the platforms are there but it's kind of like how do we get people to hear yeah and you, you kind of um are a bit of a connector aren't you because yes. you take um sort of other artists and introduce them to places that that they can be connected with and yeah that's sort of one of the one of the major things that you do isn't it yes yes um, yeah, so that's something that is quite uh, important and very personal to me because I, I was personally on a journey where um, moving into the UK and I am thinking, wow, this is such a, you know, this is a space where I will grow as an artist, 
but only to find out that it was quite difficult to really get in there and thrive as much as I wanted to. So there were more, there were plenty of obstacles and there were plenty of opportunities for me to just throw in the towel and say, okay, I don't think this is working. So looking at that and also um, actually realizing that the sector itself Oh, the sector, no. the sector itself. Just, uh, um, Laura is very um, passionate, <laughs> and she has gesticulates a lot when she talks, and it's and it's banging on the part on the table that we're sat on. So sorry. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> so so looking at that, it's not thinking. Okay, what what is going? What is it going to be like for the next generation? My my daughter is a fine artist. I'm looking around, she's got friends, you are like, okay, where are those humans who look like me, where, what's, what's going on? So really, that really brought in that drive to say, okay, let's, let's do something about it. But it wasn't like, in, I can't say like it's solved now, it's the, the story carries on. Yes, I think, I would say with the city of culture, there's a bit of visibility mm. because it's here however I think I'm constantly thinking about sustainability mm. I'm constantly thinking of um, what as, as in will this just be a moment that yes. it's a peak and then and then, and then you're back to where you were before yes yeah. yeah yes 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 yeah so that's and why did you choose, um, were you a storyteller before you came to the UK or and how, how did that come about? Why, why stories? So stories has always been a part of our lives growing up. So we'd sit around the fire or you go to your uh, grandma's house, your auntie's house. So it's just been a way of life. So it wasn't storytelling as we call it here but it's it was togetherness connecting with family and you know that uncle Sifas or uncle that uncle tells you know like really scary stories <laughs> and um, yeah so I wouldn't say that it's something that started at a certain point but it's something that is quite just naturally weaved into how we grew up. Mm -hmm. and, and then practicing it here in this, um, in the UK, it's, it was quite different, really, to be honest. It's like, I didn't think of it as, okay, I'm now doing storytelling. It is just something that was just naturally part of who I am and how I write, how I make, so it just manifested itself. Yeah. It's quite it's quite difficult to I think actually it would be nice to really write about that process. <laughs> and, and try and kind of narrow it down. And yeah, to really how, narrow yeah. narrow it down because it's if I give an example, so my, my dad, it's only not so long ago I was talking to my sister who's back home and Zimbabwe just you know, reminding ourselves, you know, just talking about my dad is gone now. So he he was, it's only now that it just clicked in my head 
quite recently that he was he was a producer, he was a dramaturg. He did all these things, but that's not what it was. He was practicing it back home, um, you know, teaching people how to write, how to act. He produced dramas. He, he did all these things, but he wasn't a producer. He wasn't a, a dramatist. He didn't yeah. have a label. Yeah. That's just what he did. Mm. So it's Actually, quite it's quite an interesting it's thing. It's interesting as well because I was on a um, a conversation this morning. There's an, an app called Clubhouse. I mean, there's apps for everything now, but it's a it's a just a chat kind of thing, and people go on to discuss various different things. And there's mm. like narrators, and storytellers, and now I'm banging the table. Um, narrators and storytellers, and, stuff. and we were talking about how. Um, how easy it is and how we've got it settled into this routine of when you speak to somebody you first your first sort of question is what do you do it's not who are you mm -hmm. you know and because we have these labels it's mm -hmm. like oh well you know so you become defined by your job yes. or, or your label yes. actually it would be much nicer to say you know who are you mm. or what's your what's your passion what is it that drives you um so it's quite interesting that that, like you say, as a society, and I think it's because, uh, and we've talked about this before on the, on the podcast. I come from a family of storytellers, and like you say, not in a just in that that we would just sit about and chat and tell stories and mm. be silly. But there are a lot of families that don't seem to do that, and mm -hmm. yet it's something that's, that's quite natural to a lot of us. Um, well, obviously, for you, it's important. As, a, as an advocate and the work that you do and I'm going to sample in into the podcast because we did some work together last year so I've got some recordings of some of your work mm. so I'm going to use some little pieces and I'll, I'll insert those in mm -hmm. um, as well so it, it's, it's quite important to you for very specific things because you've got a, a very specific message to mm. give but why do you think stories are important in general? I think they they make they strip away again going back to levels mm. going back to boxing things they strip away the those very structured like you know specific words like okay this is what it is it's it's discrimination mm. you see but what is that when we really want to, how, how do we really unpick discrimination? How do we zoom into the story that really then formulated that word discrimination? What happened in order for it to become that thing? So I, I, I believe that um, with stories, I. I am zooming into a specific moment or a specific individual and I'm really unpicking that and it's becoming a real life experience in real time almost. I always think of, um, I, I recently had an experience that was quite negative and I was, I was talking about it um, because it was to do with race, it was to do with um, these issues around being or muted, you know, questions. So this was my experience, right? Basically, it was my experience. I had to go through that process in that time 
and nobody could there is no what you call it i i was thinking there isn't like some if there was some way of actually capturing that and putting that experience into a bottle something tangible yes could, yeah that experience because the moment i leave that space of experiencing racism of experiencing that muting it becomes something else it becomes something that i'm trying to relate to you or to the other person and then that specific person will make it what they want to make it they'll hear it how they want to hear it and it can become a misunderstanding like oh yeah there was a misunderstanding but was it a misunderstanding to me because i experienced a certain moment that hit me that in that moment the story is very important i have to really think of how how do i articulate this moment right now and hopefully make it relatable make it alive to the other individual so that's the importance of you know storytelling i believe you are really capturing yeah and i'm making it real to you no longer is it level because if i come in and i say like oh yeah we are saying tick boxing we are saying labeling we are saying racist we are saying this but what is that and t- and taking and i guess it, it it's that that thing of that the, that the the story becomes as you say it becomes not just not just that moment but the interpretation of that moment which makes it more relevant to the listener rather than whoever was involved in that moment just their version of events mm-hmm. so kind of repeating that moment to kind mm. of like you say concentrate on it and bring it in yeah yes yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with specifically with Coventry City of Culture at the moment oh this uh there's quite a few there's specific things that I I I can't share at the moment because we're not like you know these announcements oh okay and then, secrecy secrecy yeah. <laughs> And, but yeah, there's been quite a, a, a number of things. We've just uh, recently had um, Covent welcomes. I don't know if you've, you, and this is celebrating Refugee Week. So for us, we we had two themes as a response to we cannot walk alone. No, yes, we cannot walk alone. That was the national theme for Refugee Week. So we responded to that in two ways. We had she cannot walk alone mm-hmm. that's how we responded because my m- mind was really on um, the challenges that women who are seeking refuge mm-hmm. and who have in the past you know they're now maybe officially refugees they have status but they do go through quite um, challenging situations whereby uh, when when one has status or they're a citizen, they the support. Let's say they're going through domestic abuse. The support is readily. It's normally available. The support is normally available, like as in 
the shelter, you know, yeah. for if you're going through domestic abuse. Whereas if one is um, seeking refuge and they're not on benefits, they've no recourse to public funds, it's quite a difficult path for them to get support. So you find that women for who are seeking refuge, they're asylum seekers, they would norm, they're most likely to stay in an abusive relationship. Because they've nowhere else to go. Yeah, they've nowhere to go. Or the, the man that they're living with is threatening to report them. Um, I've got a, quite an interesting example. I've got like a, this lady that we work with, she had a wallet stolen. And um, the moment that, and then she rang the police. He, this is here in Coventry. Rang the police, and um, they asked her about it. And then she explained why that man, because this is a man that she she knows who came and snatched the wallet, because she was working illegally. Mm -hmm. She's an asylum seeker. She's looking. So the moment that she said she's got no right to work, they couldn't help her. So that. That's, the end. Yeah, so that's it. So it's like the support that one, that woman who has settled status in that other woman, it's quite different. Mm -hmm. But they could be going through the same thing. So yeah. And you did a uh, is that related to the TED, what they called the TED talk that you gave, which was a piece about um, I forgot what it's called. It's a piece that you did at the commentary TED talk, which was about domestic abuse. Yeah, so, yeah, with the TED Talk, it was related to, I titled it, I See You, and it was the theme for that TED Talk that year was Revival. Revival so my, it, my yes. piece was titled, I See You, mm -hmm. and yes, it had, um, I did talk about uh, do domestic abuse in there. This is a subject that is quite close and very personal to me, because I was one of those women who even could not get help when I was going through domestic abuse in the same way that other women could get help. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so and again, you've used kind of stories and your and your connections and platforms in order to give those women a voice yes. and give yourself a voice as well. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And because I, f I find that like lived experience and if if one is able to, it's quite important to, like, I, I normally call it, you know, a beautiful ashes, because these are things that are, can potentially destroy one, maybe dreams or visions. Um, but when you manage to bring other women with you on that walk to say, yes, you are going through what you are going through, but there is potentially light at the end of the tunnel, or just to raise that awareness, mm -hmm. to say, how can we create a movement that is just declaring that she cannot walk alone? Mm -hmm. Yes, as women, we go through a lot, just in general. We, we have a lot that we need, that we, um, yeah, that we are dealing with. But then this thing about looking at the layers of challenges now, because we are talking about this other woman who is... We, di we did talk during the, um, the sessions when we were preparing for She Cannot Walk Alone, we talked about things like even period poverty, mm. you know. 
something that is so simple. And I remember a, a lady sharing, you know, a story to say she she did she the money to just buy some pads. Mm. She did. There was a time that she actually had to use her her daughter's pampas mm. in order to for, for when she was on a period because she didn't have the money. Yeah. So that's like this is something that's like okay, it's happening. It is happening behind doors somewhere. If they have a door, maybe they're sleeping on the street. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's, mm -hmm. it's giving a voice to all of those, all of those things. So tell us a little bit about. I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to play some clips from some of your work. Um, but tell us where we can find out a little bit more about you and about uh, your work. And if anybody's listening and they are want to sort of get involved or contact you through um, your companies, then let us know where we can find you. Okay, so you can find Mawoko www dot we are Mawoko. That's M A O K W O dot com. So that same Mawoko is on Instagram and it's on Twitter. And for my work, you find me at Laura Nyahuye. That's N-Y-A-H-U-Y-E. You find it on Instagram and Twitter. And the website is Laura Nyahuye as well. Mm -hmm. Thank, thank you, thank, thank you, you so much for joining me and taking the time out today. Um, are you are you doing anything with the festival today, or is are you having a day off? Day off. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Day off. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thank you. Skin care. Ganda. Melanin levels 0 0.375. Skin type 6. Closed doors. Closed borders. Angry black woman. She said, looking after your skin is key. They said, you are too dark for our country. She said, make sure you bath or shower every day. They said, you are a monkey. She said, Make your own concoction. Mix with shea butter, coconut oils, mustard oil, rosemary. It is good for your skin. They said, you are stealing our jobs. She said, these plants and herbs are God-given for us to use and enjoy. Love your skin, Gandarago, let it glow, glow. Penya kungezuva.
they said, these migrants messing everything up, destroying our economy. Skin, okay, ganda. Some bleach it, roast it, some tan it, some frown upon it, weaponize it, moisturize it, some cut it. Skin, ganda, largest human body part. Underneath it flows red blood. Skin. Ganda. Underneath it lays our bones, hearts, kidneys, intestines, yours and mine. Black skin, white skin, brown skin, all skin. Imagine, imagine a world where skin is skin. Black skin, white skin, brown skin, all skin. A testimony of love and no apologies. Imagine a world where skin, ganda, opens borders. Imagine. Skin, skin was always a big thing for my mom. Um, I remember us uh, going, when we were getting ready for school and she would like make sure that like our skin is moisturized, it's, there's no ashy areas. Making sure that our um, hair is more way moisturized. Finding the right, the right moisturizer and herbs and some olive oil, rosemary oil, all sorts. It was annoying at times, like, oh, mommy, why are you doing this? But as you grow older, you see like, oh, yeah, it's quite important. So what inspired this piece is when skin became a weapon. I didn't know this until I, I migrated. When skin became something maybe that needs to be peeled off so that I might look like maybe something acceptable. Is there something wrong with my skin? I became a black woman when I came to the UK. Before that, I was I was just a human like you and me. You see where, where I come from, it's 
we have people from different backgrounds, different colored skin, but that was not our focus. So skin became <laughs> something bad, really. Something that boxes you, categorizes you. A thing to be talked about, conversed about. But the thing is, what's underneath it? That's what inspired me to write skin. What's underneath that skin? Is it red blood? Do we have the same organs? Are we, are we all human? So that desire for us to, as humans, to see beyond color, to see, to, to have some sort of X-ray vision, perhaps, and see each other for who we are. So Laura Nahuye, one of the Lady Godivers of mm -hmm. Coventry City of Culture. Yep. And um, uh, she was lovely to listen to, such a sort of warm energy about her. Um, and the thing that particularly struck me about stories, and we've talked about it a little bit before, and when I and I've mentioned to you before that I thought, you know, it feels like something that's, that's dying a little bit in our culture that we haven't held on to this storytelling tradition. Um, but it's something that she's very much acquainted to, with. And I was particularly struck by that, you know, that feeling of going, what do you mean storyteller? This is just what, what I do. Yeah. You know? the, it, <laughs> and, and it goes back to a lot of the stuff that she was talking about, is all these labels that we somehow feel the need to give something a box and, and a label, you know. But actually you don't need to put anything in a box and, and say that something is something. Um, you know, she was just a person who, who told stories until she came here and then, they, and then they had a little bit more of a meaning because of what she, what she went through when she came here. Um, and as a result of that, you know, she's created this, um, this sort of wonderful platform for, for people to really be absorbed in. And do have a look at uh, her website. You can also go on to the Kenilworth Arts Festival YouTube channel and you'll find the video version of um, Skin and also um, No Apologies, which is another great piece of hers. But on her website, she also has, I talked about it in the, in the podcast, this wonderful, the Revive one that she did for the, the TED Talk at Coventry. Um, and her pieces, and when you watch her, it's great listening to her, but again, her storytelling, the connections that she makes with the audience, is incredibly powerful. When we filmed the first piece with um, last year, I was complete. I mean, I, I'm prone to crying at things anyway, but I was t completely moved by it. You know, she really is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting that you, as a as a culture, we're kind of oh well, this is this and this is this and this is this. I think I wonder if it's because alongside us losing our storytelling tradition and, and those kind of things, has been. I felt it over the years that there's been a a commodification and a 
incorporation of art more generally in, in this country. And, I know, and that it's interesting the putting things in boxes because from the sort of theatre arts perspective, thinking about Arts Council, of course, you know, who do brilliant things and they fund amazing projects. So we've got to be really grateful for that. But at the same time, in order to get arts funding, you need to tick quite a few boxes, quite literally sometimes, and you need to, to submit well-rounded arts applications. And quite often that's about putting yourself in a box. Yeah. Um, and so we're really used to it. Whereas I guess in Zimbabwe, when she was growing up there, that it was, it was no art one's for the funding. Sake of, no one's no, funding that. Funding. It's art for the sake of yeah. art. And, and, and again, she was saying, you know, her father was a producer and a theatre maker. It wasn't called that. It's just something he was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's right. That's interesting. In order for us to uh, to move forward, perhaps with arts, we've ended up putting everything in in boxes, and actually, that's ended up with um, a bit of uh, sort of separation of things yeah. instead of things being uh, a little bit more organic and, and natural. Yeah, and you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? As somebody sort of makes their living from art a bit, I kind of think obviously I want to do that. It's a very privileged thing, I suppose, to be able to make money from art rather than getting a proper job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it feels like something's missing, isn't it? We've gone maybe too far one way, yeah. um, but art sometimes gets seen and, and stories maybe get, to, get seen as frivolous. Yeah. And it's a frivolous idea to think that you could make a living from stories or telling stories or, or whatever. But the, and maybe that is frivolous, but it's also oh, it's, not yeah. integrated enough in, in what, everything else we yeah, do, is it? And, 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 and that's true. And, it's, and my, my other half, for example, he doesn't like theatre, hates theatre. He's very, um, very put off in many ways by lots of art because he sees it as being self-indulgent. Why, why mm. we live in the same house is beyond me. Uh, but he <laughs> sees it as being very self-indulgent and, and about the person performing. And that is not how I see any level of art whatsoever. It's, yeah. I don't think it's ever about that. No. Very rarely is it about that. But that's some people's perception, as you say, is that it's hedonistic and it's frivolous. And, yeah. and it isn't about that. You know, there's, it's important and storytelling is important for all of the reasons that Laura says and, and other people that we're, that we're speaking to on the podcast. Um, because it's about making connections and it's about making, making a change and, and a message. I'll get off me. I'll get off me box. Yeah, no, but but, <laughs> but, the, but the message thing was really. But that that was the other thing that particularly struck me about what she was saying was that the um, that the, the the way she talked about um, a story being a way of encapsulating a moment so it can't be misinterpreted, mm. which I thought was really interesting because when I think about stories, I think well, actually they are open to interpretation, but I suppose. They are open to interpretation in terms of how you see it, maybe how you see some of the characters, how you see the setting of a story, but they might not be open to interpretation in terms of what happens or the meaning of it. And certainly traditional tales, yeah. the meaning is quite clear. So I really liked what she was saying about that. So she didn't lose the moment. And yeah, didn't... You're, you're, you're capturing a moment and you're taking that moment and, 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 and making it important and turning it into the message that it, that it needs to be. Um, and as you say, that, that I think that a listener can interpret and take, uh, you know, it, we talked before about, you know, telling the story that you care about. And I think also from a listener's perspective, listening to the story that you care about. So you'll, I'll listen to a book and I'll take the things that I care about from it. So 
Um, so you're always going to get interpretations mm. from either the storyteller or the listener. Um, but, but as Laura says, taking whatever this moment in time is and creating a story from that in order to keep it is really important. And can you shape it? Because that's a really interesting point in terms of interpretation. And we've talked about this before. I talked about Michael, to Michael Brown about it, like that, you know, you can end up writing a book that just preaches to the converted a little bit. And um, people will only really take the stuff that they care from it and not look inside it. But I suppose if you shape the story in such a way, and if you're a storyteller like Laura is, yeah. um, who clearly comes from a different culture and has got this warmth and engagement about her, I think that you might pull people into the aspects of the story that they might not normally have taken yeah. away. Yeah. Something about the teller does that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and also because she's coming at it from a point of view of a very clear and specific message. So she's sharing her experiences and other experiences in a way to shine a light on things that need to be heard, um, which I think is, is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool. OK, so our, our final feature that we've added in is the what have you been listening to feature. So ah, what have yes. you been listening to? Ian? So um, I have been listening to sounds. Um, I've been quite interested in uh, field recording and the sort of this idea of recording ambience and things like that. And uh, so I've been looking, found this guy on the internet whose name's escaped me right now, um, but he's brilliant. He shared some wonderful videos about his sort of field recording um, antics. Um, but the thing that I really struck me, a real takeaway from it, was there's these things called contact microphones. I can get a bit geeky about this stuff, so sorry if I'm boring yeah. you, but the, but the but contact microphones are a microphone that you, you place on something and it records very specifically the sound of an object, the sound that, that an object produces through vibrations. And he was talking about recording wind. Um, okay. I'm talking about you know, the wind that blows in the air. Yeah, okay. um, and uh, he, he was talking about recording that. And actually, if you stick a microphone in a gale, you just get a horrible noise. You can't record wind. And if you think about it, wind itself doesn't make any noise. The noise that you hear of wind is the sound of wind moving through objects, stuff. Yeah, through okay. stuff. And so he did this recording where he clicked contact mics onto a fence, a wire fence somewhere in the highlands. And you got this wonderful noise of the wind going through the, the, the fence. So, uh, so that's something I'm listening to more. And having listened to that, I'm kind of listening more generally to the noise around me. Ah, well, and actually that will link in because we are looking at um, soundscapes and stuff in another episode that we're planning. So uh, that will link in with, um, with some of that as well. Mm, oh, that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to something, I don't want to say that's not, that's unfair. I was going to say I'm listening to something far more lowbrow, but that's a really mean way of saying it. Um, I've well. been listening to comedy podcasts because, you know, we like podcasts that make us laugh. Um, and I've been listening to, uh, and it's called A Matter of Pride uh, by Aaron Twitchin, who's a comedian. Um, and... Uh, and it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. I like the way he's done it because he's a comedian, so it's a comedy. It's just him chatting away. But he's done about the, the history of uh, sort of some information about sort of gay history. But uh, the, the way he's done it is it's, it's a comedy, but the, quite a lot of it's got some very serious messages. And his, his last episode was particularly good. And I don't want to tell you too much about it because I'd like you to go and listen to it. But, um, but again, that, another thing that moved me to tears... Um, 
But and that was really good and really interesting and, and well done. So I've been enjoying listening to that this week. I've realised I know Aaron Twitching again. You? That's another. That's <laughs> another. Back to those Birmingham connections. That's another Birmingham connection. Oh, so he did come along to one or two workshops that I ran. Well, he does um, a lot of circus stuff as well because uh, he does aerial. He did a whole show. Yes, he's quite physical, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did a whole long, show, yeah, um, yeah. A, com- a comedy show, stand up whilst doing silk, yeah, yeah. like silk whatever it is, climbing. But that was brilliant, that's brilliant, because it was probably uh, 10 to 15 years ago that I last saw him in Birmingham, and he's still doing that, so that's really nice to yeah, hear. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, he's in London. Well, again, well, he was originally, the reason I know him is he was originally part of Foghorn. Foghorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. I'd imagine that. He was into his impro yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Uh-huh. Everything's connected. Cool. Okay, well, um, that's the end of the show for today. Um, uh, I hope you've enjoyed being with us in Sarah's garden, um, and... Uh, yeah, let us know if you if you have enjoyed that, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you know, go back to the studio. Whatever, let us know. We'd be interested to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, if you do like this, please share it. Tell people about it. As ever, if you subscribe, you will get all of the new episodes as they come along. I think, and isn't it different now because you subscribe on some things and you follow on some. Is so it? do whatever it is you need to do. Do what you and need you to do. And you can leave button. reviews on iTunes, and you can also leave re- reviews on a Podcast Addict if you're an Android type person. So do that do those things. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.